Success Insight shares the stories of the people with passion and drive who make things happen in the world. Here's your host, Howard Fox. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Success Insight podcast. Our guest today is William B. Miller. Bill is an Episcopal priest, a teacher, motivational speaker, a former co-owner of a bar, and founder of various jazz fests with a sole purpose. And he is the author of The Last Hallelujah, Tales from the Trail, and this was published this past October. Now, in November of 2016, Bill's canine companion, Willie, a 12-year-old terrier mix named Nawili Wheelie, or Nawili Willie as I would say it, Nelson, was diagnosed with adenocarcinoma and given only three months to live. Heartbroken, Bill set out to celebrate Willie's life by arranging something his cherished four-legged companion loved to do most, and that would be travel. While Willie underwent surgery and some therapies, Bill mapped out one last trip, something he considered to be the final task on Willie's bucket list, a journey from New Orleans to Las Vegas and back during 2017. And we are so excited to have Bill Miller on the Success Insight podcast today to talk about his relationship with Willie and this wonderful journey and the book, The Last Hallelujah. Bill, welcome to the Success Insight podcast. Well, thank you, Howard. It's good to be with you today. I was introduced to you and your work. And by the way, I am in Las Vegas right now. I moved here in July. And I have to say, with COVID, I'm doing a fairly good job of quarantining. And one thing I don't have is a dog. And I I have to say, it would be such a pleasure to have a pet here with me to join me through every day, just to give me a reason not only to get up and enjoy myself, but just to go out for a walk, get some exercise. And and in some ways, Bill, I am incredibly envious. And I would love (laughs) if you, you know, let's hear about this journey and this, you know, this book, The Last Hallelujah. How did this all come about? And, you know, with this journey with Willie? Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting with what you just said, Dog adoptions are skyrocketing during this pandemic because I think a lot of people long for a companion, companion of unconditional love, and also a companion who loves to go for a walk and really loves to do anything. That's been a real gift to me to have the now six dogs. I recently got engaged and my fiance has two dogs and I have four rescue dogs. So we have a house full. But every dog in my life has been special, and every dog is special. And I think one of the beautiful things about dogs is that everybody thinks his or her dog is the best one on the planet. And they're not wrong, (laughs) because everyone is so extraordinary. (laughs) You know, I I actually have a dog. It's my, I I jokingly call him my adopt, my nephew. Oh, He's my four-legged nephew. So, (laughs) And so, he and that's Sammy. In fact, yesterday I was texting my friend Holly, who's Sammy's mom, and lo and behold, Sammy's hair, big white hair, is on my fleece. Because <laughs> yeah, he, he's a big Samoyed. So he comes for a week, but he stays for six months. Uh, I but love it. I, it's just, I mean, I, I love this, just like you said, this unconditional love and companionship. It's, mm-hmm. it's so important. Mm-hmm. And uh, Well, and they, yeah, and they leave, you know, 
when they've been with you, they certainly leave their share of dog hair, but they leave so much more than that. And Willie, you know, he I call him my one in a million dog. And he really was a spectacular dog. And people in Hawaii, when we lived there, and that's, you know, where I was able to adopt Willie from the Humane Society there, people loved him there. And when we moved to Louisiana near New Orleans, people loved him here. And then when the Hallelujah Tour took place uh, throughout the southwestern part of the United States, people loved him everywhere we went. And he, he was one of those dogs that you just, you hoped would live forever. And it was actually in November of 2016, as you said, that he was diagnosed with this serious cancer and given about three months to live. And he did really well. And, you know, we did some traditional treatment with him. He had some surgery. And then I had a good friend here in Louisiana who's a natural vet. And she treated him as well with some herbs and a healthy diet. And so he was really going strong by the next summer, although we knew that, you know, every day was a gift. But I wanted us to have some special time together. And so he inspired this trip. I planned it, but he really inspired it. And the idea was really to accomplish three things on the last Hallelujah Tour. We wanted, first of all, just to spend some quality time together. Willie loved to travel. And uh, I was his person, so he particularly loved to travel with me. We wanted to remind people of the really important things in life. And for us, that's our relationships with those we love and who love us back, whether that's a pet or a partner or a friend or a child or a parent or a grandparent. We just wanted to remind people how important our relationships are and to seize the moment to cherish those and spend time with those we love. And then thirdly, we wanted to raise awareness and raise funds for animal friends who were homeless or in shelters. And so in virtually every town that Willie appeared in, we had a partnership with a local animal shelter, sometimes a, a church, a bookstore. Uh, we even appeared in a brewery, a restaurant, and we would raise funds for that particular shelter. So by the time we were done, Willie had raised over $14,000 for animal shelters, and he just kept going. Uh, even even after he left this earth, he lived, by the way, not for three months, but for 18 months. And so that was a real gift and a blessing. And then he inspired the founding of the Hallelujah Foundation, and his foundation continues to do good work. So it was it was. I, I tell people it was the most grueling but most rewarding uh, two and a half weeks of my life, this tour. It was hard work, but it was so rich and rewarding. And we met so many wonderful people who supported Willie and his cause and committed to do good for animals in their community. So it was it was an extraordinary journey. Fantastic. You know, I would love to circle back just a little bit to uh, back in Hawaii when you first found Willie through adoption. When you went into the shelter where the, the dogs were, how did you connect with, with Willie? How did you know this was the one or he was the one? Yeah. Well, thanks for that question. It's really an interesting story. And like a lot of things that have turned out to be the richest blessings for me. It was really unexpected. I had moved to the island, the beautiful island of Kauai, and I really didn't know a lot of people there and had left 
my Airedale back in Texas with my ex, and I had a couple of good friends coming to visit me. And one of them was my veterinarian back in Texas. And I wanted to show them the Humane Society there because it's an extraordinary facility, mountain view, beautiful dog parks. That I used to joke that the dogs on island called it a five-paw resort. It was so nice. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we, uh, I, I really we went with the intent of simply showing them the facility. And, you know, I told them, let's keep our eyes peeled and see if we might see a special critter. And so we wandered out back where the big dogs were. And I had in Texas uh, two pure breed Airedale Terriers, and they were both wonderful dogs, Sam and Jack. Sam was actually the subject of, of my first book, The Gospel According to Sam. And so I loved Airedales. And we go out to where the big dogs are, and there's a sign on this uh, one cage, and it says Airedale. And uh, I got really excited, think, thinking that, that there was this purebred Airedale Terrier in the cage. And, you know, Willie comes running up, and he is truly a mutt. He is the mutt of mutts. He <laughs> might have some terrier, in him, but he looks nothing like an Airedale Terrier. And I found out later that on the island of Kauai, if a dog has facial hair, then that dog is labeled an Airedale. <laughs> so any dog with facial hair is an Airedale. But this guy comes running up, and I got to tell you, he just endeared himself to us immediately. He was kind of goofy looking. He had a big grin on his face, an ear flopped on top of his head. He pressed his body sideways through the chain link fence uh, so that we could pet him. And we took him out played with him and my veterinarian friend did a little impromptu exam and she said, you know, this guy is not only physically healthy, but whatever he's been through in life, he is emotionally healthy and he's just filled with joy and just grateful to be here and to be alive and to to get to know you. So she told me this guy is, is truly a keeper. And so that was our beginning. And, and the only thing that the Humane Society could tell me about him is that they found him wandering by the side of the road. And it reminded me of that Willie Nelson song, On the Road Again. I grew up in Texas and I, you know, I lived in Hawaii at the time. There was a, a harbor on the island where the ships came in. It was called Now Willie Willie Harbor. And so I named him Now Willie Willie Nelson and uh, Willie for short. And it's a memorable name. There aren't too many now Willie Willie Nelsons in the world. <laughs> That's absolutely perfect. And so I'm curious with Willie and you being a, 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 an Episcopal priest. So you were you, did you have a flock, a, a church that you were responsible for while you were in Hawaii? I sure did. And Willie would often come to the office with me and he would be the official greeter. He'd sometimes attend services. And whenever we would have our animal blessings, Willie and I would go down to the radio station and we would be interviewed by the local DJ there on the island of Kauai. Willie didn't say a whole lot, but he always made a great impression. <laughs> 
Well, you know, it's interesting. I have to share, uh, Bill, is you you basically answered the question I was going to ask is how involved was he in your work? And you just went right for it. So <laughs> you've, I, I think you've done this before. You've done this before. <laughs> well, Will, Willie makes it easy. I tell you what, he, I, I, I've told people when we were out on the Hallelujah Tour, I would talk about love, but Willie would demonstrate what it looks like. And he would literally work the room and he would greet uh, virtually every person in attendance and just make them feel loved and welcomed. And he had the gift, I'll tell you what. When you took him back to New Orleans or to into the, the city where you were living around the lake, this was, I would imagine, a kind of a continuation of this bonding relationship with Willie and a new community is getting to know him and he's being a part of their lives as well. When did the the first signs of the illness come about? Was this just was it you know just something out of the blue? Was there kind of a, some telltale signs? You know, it really was out of the blue, and and in fact, I can tell you the the precise date. It was November tenth, and we were in New Orleans visiting some friends and attending a conference, and I have a number of musician friends in New Orleans, and uh, which has been one of the real gifts of living here. And so Willie and his brother Sinbad and I were staying at a friend's house who's a musician. And I came, I came home that night after seeing a number of good friends. And Willie always got up and came to me to greet me. His tail was always wagging. He would always, you know, make me feel like I was the most beloved and special person on the planet uh, when I would come home. And this particular night, he he was standing up and he was not moving. He was not wagging his tail. And I went over to him and I tried to give him a treat and he turned away from it. And I think uh, Willie loved food as much as he loved me. And so I knew that there was something very wrong with him. And so we immediately went to the all-night veterinary clinic, and they uh, suspected that something significant was wrong with him and diagnosed him the next morning. And then as we kind of nursed him back to health so that he'd be ready for the surgery and ready for the chemo, uh, that happened a couple of weeks later. And, you know, after that, and after he got on his special diet, a healthy diet, he started taking his herbs, and he just started being willy and uh, going on walks and greeting people and sniffing people and wrestling his stuffed Louisiana alligators uh, that he loved to wrestle. He, I mean, he really did bring joy wherever he was. And the next 18 months, it really wasn't until the very end that he started to slow down a bit. And the night that I knew it was time, he again stopped eating and he went out into the backyard and he went to the farthest part of the backyard and he hid. And, you know, that's that's a sign for dogs to, to tell you uh, that they're ready and uh, dogs will often, you know, leave you and and wander out into the to the woods or as far away as they can get. And this was as far as he could get. So we knew, we knew that his time uh, had come that night, but you know, it was 18 months after the diagnosis and he had done his hallelujah tour. He had 
raised, by that time, he had raised over $40,000 for animals. And I had begun to imagine the book and, and plot the book based on our tour together and had also begun to create his Hallelujah Foundation for animals. So it was a gift that he was able to be with me that long. Fantastic. Yeah. And just from three months on to, you know, so over a year and uh, with the book now and setting out to document this journey, tell us about the journey. And, and I imagine you've got the map and was it flying, driving, car camping? I'm in here in Las Vegas and I would love, Bill, I, I go out to Lake Mead Recreation Area. I go to the Mojave National Preserve. And one, uh, one thing that's missing, again, is that dog. I would love to be able to car camp with my dog and wake up in the morning and have my coffee, my dog, in the sunrise. I mean, that to me is like nirvana. Uh, so let's hear about the book and the journey. Well, there were so many things that happened on this journey. I mean, it truly was, uh, you know, it was magical in a lot of ways. When we first set out to do our road trip together, I called it, you know, fulfilling Willie's Barkett list, you know, to travel together to Las Vegas. We knew that we were going to end in Las Vegas. I love New Orleans and I love Las Vegas. And we have some good friends out there. And uh, one of them is a Presbyterian pastor. And he had told us, he said, you know, if you do this, this tour that you're thinking about doing, we want you to end here. And so we knew we were going to end there, but we didn't know where we were going to go between here and there. And so I simply put the word out on social media that my amazing dog, now Willie Willie Nelson and I, are about to take off for Las Vegas. And if you are somewhere between New Orleans and Las Vegas and you would like to hear some in inspiring dog stories and you would like to meet one of God's most amazing critters, just drop me a line and let me know and we'll show up and tell you some dog stories that have some divine implications in them. And I'm not kidding you. It was within minutes, we had a number of places that had emailed us and said, hey, we want to host you at Willie. And so we ended up traveling from New Orleans all through Texas, from the Houston area to the Austin area. We actually appeared at a brewery on the 4th of July. We went to Dallas. We went to Oklahoma City, Tulsa. We went all over New Mexico, uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, and then ended in uh, Nevada. And I think one of the most important themes, and this really comes out in the book, is how important it was for people to come together and, you know, set aside any differences that they may have and come together to do good. And uh, Willie was really a unifier. He was the great unifier. I mean, he brought together people of different faiths, people of different political mm -hmm. persuasions, people of different ethnic backgrounds, but all of them came together to celebrate Willie's life to celebrate love and to celebrate the good that we can do for our communities, our neighbors, our friends, and our animals in need. And so the first part of the book is about all of the, the dogs, all of the rescue dogs that have come into my life. And of course, Willie is featured, but uh, the other rescue dogs have truly compelling stories. I, I like to tell people that 
dogs don't find me unless they have a story that needs to be shared. And so that's the first part of the book. And then the second part of the book is the tour itself, some of the stops, some of the experiences we shared, some of the spiritual lessons that we learned. And then the last part of the book is kind of the rest of the story, what happened up to Willie's death and even beyond his death. So it uh, the book sort of wrote itself. <laughs> and it was absolutely delightful to write the book. It took me uh, a couple of years to, to put it together. But thus far, it's been uh, beautifully received. And uh, that's just a testimony to, to Willie and his extraordinary ability to inspire and connect people. Fantastic. And, you know, I, I do my best, Bill, not to put my guests on the spot, but uh, I'm going to give you a, a couple second warning. I want to put you on the spot. My apologies. Uh, but here, here, here <laughs> it goes. Well, well, one is actually really easy. What was Will, What was Willie's favorite food to eat? Whether it was, I would imagine it was he probably loved human food. What was his favorite food? food to eat. He did. And you know, he was he was on a, a pretty healthy diet, so he didn't get to splurge very often. But I I would have to say that two of his favorites uh would be bacon and cheese. Smart dog. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and 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 a bacon a bacon cheeseburger. Oh god, that, yes. That was just off the charts for him. <laughs> uh, I was just reading Oh God! You know, you go through the Facebook threads, and there's all there's a lot there's pets galore, and I swear to God, I shouldn't be swearing to God to an Episcopal priest. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a nice Jewish boy. I want to be respectful. Uh, but you know, awesome. but but there was a, a bacon cheeseburger. They were just talking about a bacon cheeseburger that was their dog's favorite uh, human food. Okay, so that was the easy. Yeah question the, the more uh, gotcha and, and, and you're, you're gonna be fine what you talk, thinking about the spiritual journey uh actually now there's two questions the first one is the spiritual journey what was one element of this journey kind of stood out for you from the spiritual context of a lesson learned through the interaction with willie that you could share with our listeners well there were many but i would say you know one of the primary spiritual lessons is, you know, what we discovered, and, and I really believe this to be true, that in every circumstance and situation, even if it's a tragedy and, it, and it's something bad that happens, I believe that something good can come of it and that, that our creator can work for good in that situation. And certainly, you know, Willie, I have a chapter called Bad Dognosis. And uh, when Willie got that diagnosis that that he had a, a terminal cancer, you know, there was nothing good about that. But what emerged from that eventually over time was very good and very, very positive and, and, and continues to make a difference in the world. And so, you know, I think that one of the most profound spiritual lessons is that God can take our tragedies and infuse them with love and something positive, something life-affirming, something good can come out of it. And then I think, you know, the second thing that I would say is just the power of unconditional love to transform people and transform life. I mean, we we saw some pretty extraordinary things happen on the tour and people 
who were shut down and shut off and closed off. Uh, we saw them open up and reach out, and we saw them hopeful, maybe for the first time in, in a long time. We saw them connect with their fellow human beings, and we saw a lot of tears shed, a lot of emotions exhibited, and some real transformation. And I, I think for, for me and for Willie, that's the power of that unconditional love. And I don't know that there's a creature on the planet who can demonstrate such love more powerfully than a dog. And that was certainly the case with Willie. Dare I say amen to that. Um, <laughs> Please. <laughs> <laughs> so last uh, kind of the gotcha question. I mean, the, your tour uh, from New Orleans through Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Nevada, was there one, I don't know, special spot that you think stood out for Willie? Like, I don't know, it's just, I mean, for me, Bill, it's like watching the sunrise or the sunset in the Mojave National Preserve. I mean, to me, it's just so magical in the Joshua trees around. Was there was there a special spot or something that, God, this will he just loved to do this. He loved being here in the moment. Anything jump out at you? <laughs> Well, there were there were several, but okay. I, I'm going to pick two uh, because one of them is quite unexpected, and the other might be more predictable. But what happened was unexpected. So, Lubbock, Texas, not a place that may immediately come to mind as the most inspiring locations on the planet, but I got to tell you, Lubbock, Texas, turned out for Willie, <laughs> and they made him feel like a million dollars. And, uh, wow. we showed up at, at this, uh, at this church and they had sold out the event. I mean, completely sold out and they had delicious Texas barbecue, which Willie of course loved. They had hired an artist to do a, a portrait of Willie. They gave us a, a huge gift basket filled with human and animal treats. And, it was just the, the atmosphere that night in that town, which I really didn't know a whole lot about other than, you know, some good musicians have, have come from there. Just it, it was so memorable that I ended up writing an entire chapter about it. It's called the chapter is called Lubbock or Leave It. <laughs> and the other place that I think Willie truly enjoyed was when we got to Las Vegas again. We're on borrowed time. We don't know how long Willie's going to live. We get to Las Vegas. We drive immediately to the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign on the Strip because we want to prove that we've been there. We want to get our picture taken in front of the sign. And there was a bachelorette party getting their photo taken at the sign. And they ignored everybody there. They ignored the Elvis impersonator and focused on Willie and started chanting his name right there at the Las Vegas sign and uh, insisted that Willie come up and join them for the photo. And I have this great photograph of Willie surrounded by this bachelorette party in front of the, the uh, fabulous Las Vegas sign. And they are all smiling and kissing him and cuddling him. And he is grinning ear to ear. <laughs> and you talk about arriving and so there, one of the stories in the book is about our experience in Las Vegas 
and it's called Bigger Than Elvis. <laughs> and uh, I'll never, never forget that. Fantastic. You know, I, I have a favor to ask of you, Bill. And uh, oftentimes in our show notes on our main webpage, successinsightpodcast.com, I will typically put a, a copy of the, the book cover in the show notes, which I will do. But if you are willing, I would love if you could share the uh, the JPEG of that particular shot you just described uh, at the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. Sure. And even the one from uh, Lubbock, the barbecue in Lubbock, I would love to include those as some imagery in our, in our show notes on our main website. Be happy to do that. Sure. Fantastic. Now, let me ask a question now uh, with the development of the, the foundation, uh, the Hallelujah Foundation. Tell us more about that. Yeah. So, again, something really unexpected that has kind of taken off. We, thus far, we have uh, funded existing uh, animal welfare organizations. We have a a wonderful shelter here on the North Shore of Lake Pontchartrain near New Orleans. And so through the Hallelujah Foundation, we've been able to support them. We've been able to support an animal education institution called The Barn. It's at a local mm-hmm. school here, and they basically rescue and rehabilitate animals from the wild and then use that program as a teaching laboratory for, for children We also just started a program to help our musician friends in New Orleans uh, who are really suffering during the pandemic because, of course, all of their live gigs have pretty much dried up as music venues and restaurants have had to close or curtail their performance schedule. And so we have a program that we just started called Sweet Dogs for Cool Cats. And basically, we're providing grants to musicians who have a pet just to help them kind of navigate this tough time, uh, help them get medical care, veterinary exams, uh, food for their their critter. And then the other thing that was most unexpected, I have a good friend in Cape Town, South Africa, who loves animals. And she asked if she could form a, basically a collaborative institution uh, that would help homeless animals there in Cape Town in some of the most impoverished uh, neighborhoods in that city. And she uh, calls her organization the Hallelujah Foundation as well, with our blessing. And she and her team are doing extraordinary work there. And, of course, our dollars go a lot farther there. And so we've been able to give them a couple of uh, grants. You know, we just we don't know what all we'll be able to support in the future. But I know that uh, Willie's looking down tail wagging, uh, grinning ear to ear is these opportunities to help our animal friends develop. So some really good things are coming from the Hallelujah Foundation. And a portion of every book that we sell will go to the foundation. Fantastic. And it's is just unbelievable. And, you know, it's funny, as I was doing the research and, you know, with your your publicist, uh, uh, Linda O'Connor uh, uh, from O'Connor Communications provided us and, you know, she did a great job and we really appreciate it, but we still have to do our research. Mm-hmm. And I, I found the, the foundation in South Africa and I'm thinking, oh, there's another one called the Hallelujah Foundation. So <laughs> now that you've cleared that up, I get it. Uh, so <laughs> if our listeners would like to learn more about you, 
your work, the Hallelujah Foundation, uh, where are the best places for them to go? Yeah, so I think the best places to connect with me and some of the things that I'm up to, inspired by Willie, uh, is my website, and it's it's really real easy to remember. It's fatherbill.net, fatherbill.net. They can go on Facebook to William Miller Author on Facebook, and uh, that's my author's page. And they can also go to hallelujahfoundation.com, or they can find the Hallelujah Foundation on Facebook as well. Fantastic. And we will most certainly provide the backlinks to the websites and to the Facebook pages, as as well as to the, the book page on Amazon as well. And Bill, it has been an absolute pleasure. And I, I'm I don't know. There's there's some envy going on. I don't know if maybe it's not envy, but I, I'm what's coming to mind is that is my friends that have been adopters of uh, shelter dogs. I have a good friend back down in Arizona lost her dog last year, Kimmy, and mm. uh, and she's very active in the in the community. And I'm in where I live right now in Las Vegas. I can't have a dog in this complex, but I'm thinking. When I'm back out on my own in my own place again, mm-hmm. I need to get a dog. <laughs> so yeah. I think just getting out <laughs> into the desert. Uh, so you, you've you've definitely put a spark underneath my seat. And uh, by the way, when you when we navigate beyond the COVID nineteen and you do get back out to Las Vegas, I hope we can uh, we'll be able to cross paths uh, with each other. It'd be fantastic to meet oh, you. So absolutely, if, that yes. that would be great. I would love that. Fantastic. And thank you so much for joining us on the Success Inside podcast and chatting about uh, yours and Willie's journey and just the great work that you're doing. Well, thank you, Howard. We sure enjoyed it. Fantastic. All right, folks, we have just been chatting with Bill Miller. He's an Episcopal priest, and he is the author of The Last Hallelujah, Tales from the Trail, and this was published this past October, and this documents Bill's uh, journey with his companion, No Willie Willie, and Willie was a 12-year-old uh, terrier, Mick, and uh, you know, diagnosed with cancer, and just, you know, Bill, in, in the book, uh, The Last Hallelujah, describes the last journey of travel with Willie through Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, Las Vegas, and really this the special events, the moments with between uh, Bill and Willie, Willie and the community, and, and really how the community came out to support Bill and uh, Willie's journey, and really some phenomenal stories. And so you uh, do have to you know go out and pick up a copy of the book, and remember a percentage of the book sale proceeds will go to the Hallelujah Foundation and their phenomenal work that is being performed in Willie's memory to help local musicians who have pets and to ease uh, some of their financial burden caused by COVID. What a phenomenal episode. And I'm thinking this is the episode that we are recording right now. This is the couple days before Thanksgiving. And, you know, God, just to be thankful for the, the wonderful pets that are in our lives today and the memories of those that were previously in our lives and just a special place they have in our heart. And I think if we could practice unconditional love like we get from our pets, especially those dogs, 
what a wonderful world this would be. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Check us out on successinsightpodcast.com. When you see this episode, please do comment, let us know what you think or any of the other episodes in our library. We are also on all the podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora. Uh, You can find us on Facebook and on LinkedIn on our Success Inside Podcast pages, as well as on YouTube, uh, Success Inside Podcast. All right, folks, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, go out there, have a phenomenal day. Take care of yourselves, take care of your family, wear your mask, practice social distancing. By the time this episode drops, we will be past Thanksgiving. Hopefully you had a, uh, a very restful, healthful Thanksgiving. And again, you're taking care of yourselves and your family and the community. And until then, we'll see you on the next episode of the Success Insight Podcast. Take care now. Success Insight is a production of Fox Coaching and First Story Strategies. Find us online, successinsightpodcast.com.